I've been sitting here for five minutes now, give or take, trying to think of how I kind of summarize what being a Jays fan has been for the past, I don't know, week and a half, two weeks, and this awful run they went on where they just couldn't find a win to save their life, and the bullpen blew three straight games against the Yankees. And then you go into the series against the Orioles and they have game one of the series on my birthday. I'm like, hey, maybe we'll get a nice win for my birthday. No, that happened to be the only game they lost this weekend was on my birthday. Just to top things off there. Um, I don't really know because I really love this team. And lots of people don't right now because they just seem to think that they should be World Series contending all of a sudden. A little crazy, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, But yeah, it was a week. For sure. That's kind of all I've come up with so far. They started off against Boston. I think we actually got a chance to talk about that on Monday. And they lost that last game pretty horribly. And then they lost three straight to the Yankees. And it just, things were not going well for the Toronto Blue Jays. And you would hope that the Orioles coming or going into the Orioles town, I guess, would be a bit of a, a bit of a rally starter. And I think everyone was thinking the same thing, like, ah, it's the Orioles, whatever. And then they lose game one, and all hell broke loose in, in Toronto Blue Jays fandom across the world here. Because just, they 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 should be beating the Orioles, and they didn't, plain and simple. They looked bad. They gave up two home runs to Mullins and I think a couple others throughout the game. It just wasn't good. Um, But we don't need to be negative here, because Saturday was f- so much fun. So much fun. You start off that game down or actually start up up two nothing in the first because he hit two solo shots from Semi and Vlad. And then the Orioles just decide they're the Yankees of 2017, 2018, and they hit seven home runs in that game. Nuts. Insane. They got up. Was it six? No, it was seven, uh, seven, four at one point. All hell, all, all hope was lost for a lot of people. And uh, the one thing I've learned about this team this year is that you can't count out that lineup because they did what that lineup should do. And they scored a shit ton of runs on the top of the ninth and they ended up walking out of it with a win. And it made you feel a little bit better about what this team can be down the stretch. I don't know about you. I think this team, yeah, they just, they keep going through the same thing each week where, yeah. you know, they, they pitch a little bit here. They don't pitch a lot of it there. They hit a lot of it here. Right, like they have a lot of guys who are currently like first or, or second in, in all star yeah, voting. They have a bunch of should be all stars on this team. Yeah. And you know, they, they look like they're having tons of fun out there, mm-hmm. especially hitting, but their pitching definitely puts them into situations, right? That they don't want to get into. And I think that that's for me, that's where you pump the the World Series breaks. Yeah. Is because we've seen it time and time again that you know they need they need to pitch in order to win games. Like yeah. they have there's only so so many times that you're going to be able to hit yourselves out of situations, right? And pitchers are going to have an easier time, I think, learning what your preferences are. The maybe, maybe they haven't really shown to be able to do it so far. But um, obviously, so, the pitching staff needs help. Um, I don't think like <laughs> I don't know if I have to keep talking about Charlie Montoya over and over again because it's the same conversation every week here. But like, there's nothing he can do. He's he's being dealt the hand that he's being dealt, and he's just trying everything he can to make this work. Um, I think it was the Yankee series that people were, were bitching. No, it was this Red Sox series where they were bitching about how they didn't use Romano and they used Dolis instead. But, like, he's made the right moves through and through almost every single game where you're like, I looking back, what do you do differently in hindsight? And people are like, well, you use so-and-so instead of this. And it's like, well, yeah, but, like, that wouldn't make sense at the time. Like you're not going to throw someone on back-to-back days if this happens. And like, he's trying everything that makes sense baseball wise. It's just not working because there's just nobody there right now. There's things that we don't know as well, right? Like they exactly. could have had a conversation and he could have said, look, my arms, like Romano could have said, my arms a little sore because mm-hmm. he did pitch. I can't go today. From Plain him. and simple. Yeah, absolutely. And Olis could be saying like, look, I want to go. Right? Yeah. It's just like, you don't know the information that these guys know, no matter You're how, how much you think game. you know about baseball, you don't right. know what Charlie Montoyo knows. Not even just baseball-wise. Maybe you're a smarter baseball mind than Charlie Montoya. Who knows? Sometimes yeah, I, I feel like I might be, but who knows? I um, kind of think, too, like you have to put responsibility on the pitchers for, mm-hmm. for what they're doing. Like throwing throwing anything down the middle is just yeah. going to get you in trouble these days. Yeah, obviously, matter. I just think there's this bullpen is going to have these runs where they look like trash 
because realistically they're all very inconsistent relievers and they've kind of shown that over the course of their careers like they don't have one guy that's just been a lockdown bullpen arm for his entire career like I, even when healthy there may be Jordan Romano but Jordan Romano's in like his second full season in the bigs you can't be putting that kind of faith in a guy that hasn't really shown he can do it in the bigs at a consistent level like I love the guy he's my favorite reliever probably across baseball right now but with that being said, you don't know what he is because he's never really pitched for an extended amount of time. He only he was in a 60-game season last year, and he didn't even pitch the whole season. So, like, who knows, right? Outside yes. of that, Rafa came over, and, like, he's been inconsistent, but he, he looks like he can get it done, but you never know. And then out, <laughs> Tyler Chatwood's never got it done. Joel Piams has been designated for assignment more times than you can count. Anthony Castro's a rookie. Uh, Tim Meza's been in and out of the lineup because of injuries. I think the it's just, you never know. injured, too. Yeah. Like yeah, he, so it's they just they kind of don't get any consistency out of not no, being injured. No, it's just when you look at the names in that bullpen, it's just like, yeah, maybe they're going to have a good game. Maybe they'll have a, a good inning or two, but you can't get consistency out of those guys. And there's just nothing you can do about that. Hmm. Um, it's going to be an absolute marathon to try and get to game 162 with what we've got. But I think they're set up in a situation where they can score nine runs and hope to God that the bullpen doesn't give up six. Is kind of the thing. Maybe your starter gives up three, but you hope to God that your your bullpen can keep it under six runs for the whole group. And if not, you're going to lose. It's plain and simple. It's an easy game for these guys. It's just when the lineup doesn't hit, they don't win. And it's going to happen from time to time. It's baseball. Even the best hitters hit 300. I think for me, I just wish to see a little more, little more movement from management, like or at least a little more whispering. Yeah, movement, they're trying. Right? Like they're looking at people. They're or, trying you know, now. Yeah, they brought in. They're bringing in. in they brought in John Axford. Yeah, okay. which so is bringing in like a interesting surplus of arms more than they're bringing in a, a talent, talented group of arms, yeah. right? It's a lot harder to bring in relievers than people think. Like, there's a lot of people like, oh, trade for relievers. It's like, well, not many guys are trying to trade away relievers. Yeah, and they're relievers not, they're not weird, that easy to come by. <laughs> they have a weird price tag too. I feel uh-huh. right. Like, mm. it's hard to judge relievers' yeah. price tag compared to. Most most, positions, yeah. most sellers aren't selling off bullpen arms because they still need to eat up innings. So it's kind of like there's guys out there maybe that you could look at, but they're going to be a high price tag right now because all good competing teams need relievers, no matter who you are. And trying to get one of them isn't just like, oh, let's go trade for a reliever. And realistically, 80% of the people being like, oh, we need to acquire a reliever. It's like, name me one. Go ahead. There's there's not many out there that aren't in an eight or nine inning right now, like in that role that you can go and get like most guys that are like premier relievers that you want at the back end of your bullpen are already locked in for a team's eighth and ninth inning. There's not many out there. And if you're selling, you're not getting rid of your eighth or ninth guy until deadline day. Maybe it's also going to cost you, I think, really like a lot of prospect. Yeah, a lot for for no reason, because like you're Mm -hmm. selling the farm to get reliever help in the first year of like this entire core being MLB ready. It's you're just not in a position though, to, to really compete, you know, you're in a position to maybe upset some people and to like compete in the sense of going all the way. Like you're, you can compete against teams and you can maybe, like I said, like upset some games and, and get close and you're yeah. a lot better than you were last year running into the race series. Cause I think mm-hmm. everybody had them game one and then game two and three, they didn't have them, but especially when they lost game one, it was like, okay, well we're done now. Mm-hmm. But now I think you can maybe look at look at it and say, well, we have a potential to win like a, a, a three game series. Yeah. If that's they, what it takes, right? I, I yeah. They have a good stretch coming like, up like, here too. Sorry, like, you like get, a five a five game series because it goes back. But I yeah. mean like to get three wins. Yeah, I think you look at the team right now, and I think you're built with Hinjin Ryu and Robbie Ray and Steven Matz when he's healthy. Ross Stripling after five innings. Ross great. Stripling, oh my God, man! Even and that guy can show up and do a job. Be healthy in your bullpen because if he's mm-hmm. going to give you five innings consistently, then that's that's great. That's great. But you need to have something else that comes comes now, out. Of that. I think they're leaning towards doing the right thing here with uh, Thomas Hatch and Nate Pearson in the fact that like they, it's great to have them as rotational depth, and I understand that uh, they're more valuable to you if they're if they're starters. I, I get it. But at this point in time, if you're looking to win, and it seems like that's what they're trying to do with the bringing in of Semyon and Ray on the one-year deal and stuff like that, it would make sense to move guys like Pearson and Hatch to the bullpen because they've shown they can succeed in that role last year. And if you're trying to make a stretch run here, they are two guys you need to have in that bullpen just because you have 
garbage starter depth, but you have starter depth in like K and uh, Thornton and Wags Pack still there realistically. Thornton has also been like a bit of a liability. Yeah, he's come into no, games but like, he's, uh, but he's, he's no, shown. he's no worse than bringing up Hatch or Pearson to come be a starter. No, is my point, I, like, you're I not losing that. much there, but they are a huge asset to have at the back of your bullpen because they both throw 100 miles an hour and they can get three outs in a heartbeat. And those were all things to be like why I don't think that they're going to be a serious contender when it comes time to it. You know, like I said, you could compete for a wild they, card spot and you can maybe steal a series. But yeah, you're kind of just looking to grow on this and. You know, maybe keep, which they should be doing, like and like maybe keep Marcus Simeon around for the same price tag, right? Yeah. Like if you can find a way to sign Semi even for like a little bit of a raise on what he got, he's gonna be looking for a lot of money. But like if you can get him for a three-year deal at 20 to 25 mil, I think you, you're happy with that. I think you walk away with you know what, we have a legitimate second baseman who's in the prime of his career, arguably manning the infield until we get our other young stars that are ready to go in Martin and Groshans and other names across the board, like Mer- Martinez and what's his name there. Moreno was looking like he might end up moving to the infield. Potentially they played him there the other day. And even like, still, man, if Marcus is now is now there, then some of those names might become expendable. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of said that last yep. time too, like Marcus Simeon, if, if we're happy to see him in that position and he's able to hold it down mm-hmm. hitting, then why are we waiting for something to yep. come up potentially when we have a, an ability to go okay we need pitching and someone says well this is a legitimate pitcher and you yep. give us one of those prospects right? yeah but as it sits right now with one year on semi's deal and one year on ray and one year on mats it doesn't really make a ton of sense to just like go all no. in and sell out for one season like i know people want to see a playoff team and i do too don't get me wrong it's so much fun but um i don't think it makes a lot of sense to blow it up just to try and win one year when you can create a team that's good for seven eight years but ray's definitely shown that he's willing to at least resign on kind of i would sign ray in a heartbeat yeah i think they make a stab at all three of these guys but for this season it just doesn't make sense i don't think they're gonna break the bank at all for them no 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 you you're not like you have the organizational depth where it's just like you know what yes it would be great to have marcus semian back but I don't need to offer him $30 million because we have guys that can play that role, albeit a little like significantly less, I guess, than Marcus Semyon's giving you, but down the road, you'll be better for it. Um, Same with Robbie Ray. I think Robbie Ray deserves uh, pretty much the bank at this point because he looks like a legitimate one starter. Um, But again, you're not, you you don't need to do that because you have guys like uh, Pearson and Hatch and Simeon Woods Richardson and a couple other names in behind him that you're not looking to just blow it up because Robbie Ray had a good year, right? No, for it's, sure. it's, uh, it's an, it'll be an interesting run here because I think Ross Atkins came out and said like their, their, their thought process is still to keep Pearson and Hatch as starters, but they are willing to make the move if it helps the team. And I think, I think it's tough to argue that it doesn't help the team at this point. If, cause if you get, both Pearson and Hatch in your bullpen as like six, seven guys. And then you get back Baraki at the end of the month, like it's reported and you get back Merriweather at the beginning of next month, like it's reported. You just added four innings realistically to each game on top of maybe you get a bounce back from Dolis, Maybe not. Who knows? But you already have Jordan Romano. You have five guys now that are reliable and you can throw in there that I don't feel like you're going to blow a lead every single game, which is a completely different thing than having three guys. If you don't bring up Hatch and Pearson, right? it's an interesting it's an interesting thing especially like with the john axford signing too john axford obviously you know what john axford's been in the past and like he's shown sometimes that he could be a really dominant reliever but he's old and he didn't really have it when he was last with the blue jays but he's been working a lot since and he was throwing 98 at the world uh, olympic qualifiers there so there's something there and if he can manage to be your five, six inning guy to just get you through to the premier relievers without giving up three runs, that's huge for you right, right he's now. He's kind of just eating up innings too, right? Sure. Like that's like, that's going to be a big thing for need. him. Is he's, what you is need. he's healthy. And if he can stay healthy, like you hope. Yeah. And he's someone like, is he not familiar with the team? He played for the Blue Jays. I don't know I'm, if he played with any of these guys, but he was a Blue Jay but, at one point. But familiar with the pitching staff. And this is another. He was here when Pete Walker was here, so they yeah, they are familiar with each other. Going to the off season, man, I think it's a great thing to have such successful pitchers who kind of are struggling to make a name for themselves in the off season. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a free agent pitcher from another team and you're kind of looking to to enhance your game, right? Not only yeah. those pitchers who are struggling, but pitchers who are good. Yep. Right. They definitely could look over and say, "Man, there's something in 
in with in there with the Jays. What if yeah. I can go join there and sure help them strike something right? We're an exciting team. We're one of the most exciting teams in the league now. You want to play the, here just based on the yeah, youth and the fun the, that everyone's the having. Offense, yeah, you're gonna look at, at one side of it and go, okay, they need something like me to compete as yeah. a pitcher. Yeah, then you could sign there, right? I, I think that's kind of what tempted John Axford to to come back and do what he's doing now. Another name is David Robertson. He was also pitching in the uh, Olympic qualifiers, and apparently he was humming too. Like the, he just looked way better than he did across his entire career. So that's another name that you could look at and be like, "Hey, man, we have this lineup. We think we can compete this year. If you think you can contribute, we'd love to have you." Um, you never know; it's it's possible. Uh, John Axford, hey, if you miss, you miss. Who cares? Like it's not like they're mm-hmm. signing him to anything major, and it's a one year deal. If he doesn't hit, he doesn't hit. John Axford is just a great guy to have around your organization. He's a Canadian kid, so he wants to play for the Blue Jays. It's very clear. Uh, there's no miss there. I, I see no problem with that signing. It's It should be good, whether he pitches here or not, whether he eats up innings or he just flops. It was a great move because what's the worst that can happen? You can't what, get any worse. What did it cost you too, right? <laughs> exactly. Nothing. You didn't have to trade prospects to get a reliever. You went and got one. Maybe it doesn't work and maybe you do end up having to make a trade, but you now know it's just like, yeah, we we tried something without losing somebody. And here we are. Now, the thing, too, is everyone brings up is just like, oh, you can trade for relievers. Look at what the Rays did. The Rays gave up Willie Adamas. That guy can play like this. Isn't... Willie Adamas has been a lot of their success. Yeah. Know, I mean, field. And, and even in the clubhouse, too, he's took it. He they loved him role. there. They yeah. loved him. Yeah. So it's it's like, yes, you can go trade for relievers. But those were like middle of the pack relievers that they had to trade away their starting shortstop for. Now they can afford it because they just brought up Wander Franco. And he's going to be legit. So it, it makes sense for them. But as the Blue Jays, I'm not going out and giving up like Kevin Biggio for relief help. It just doesn't make sense. Right. And that's kind of the same situation that they found themselves in. You're not at that point in your organization, whereas they are one year off of a World Series berth. We're not. We're still looking to build for the future. And with with a guy like Kevin Biggio in there, it makes sense. You don't want to trade that for bullpen depth not even just bullpen arms just depth and they're just typical you know the rays of of just giving up players that mm-hmm. are that seem crucial to their organization mm-hmm. and, and finding one yeah, yeah. continuing to do better right yeah. continuing yeah. to just just keep moving forward yeah no they're they're elite at it and it's just we're not in that situation it doesn't make sense to give up a roster player for bullpen depth right now because like you have seven <clears> or eight of them hurt so you have that depth. It's just they're all on the IL right now, and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, and they show a lot of faith in bringing up guys from AAA mm-hmm. and, and compete. Right? Even Anthony yep. K kind of sneaks in sometimes. Anthony K scares me, but... He does. He, he absolutely... There's but, times when he can be so good, and then there's times when he just looks like he doesn't belong. Right, and I that's just, what I mean. Like, he, he kind of comes in sometimes, and he's yeah. able to... They're trying to have faith in him. You're right. They're giving him the opportunity right now, right? I feel like this is one of the last few years that you're going to get that, yeah, that chance, yeah, and that that's yeah. Right? They love their own organizational guys, and I, I I agree with it. I think you should be giving your guys a chance, like Alec Manoa. You see, Alec Manoa come in and do what he did. Um, I kind of want to talk about Alec Manoa a bit. I forgot to write this down. Did you see him get ejected? Yep. What do you feel about that whole situation? <laughs> As a guy that didn't grow up playing baseball, how do you how do you feel about it? I don't really think it was like you know it kind of sucked. I guess did he, he said something correct. Like it was. I don't know. I don't know if they I had heard, eventually I heard that said something it. was said. Maybe in, in the scuffle. Okay. Because like, what else really could it be? Right. It wasn't that he intentionally. You can't like now, Brendan Hyde, the uh, Brandon Hyde, Brendan Hyde, whatever his name is, the guy that manages the Orioles and does a terrible job of it. He was bitching and complaining about how he thought it was intentional. Um, that Manoa threw at uh, Michael Franco, actually. Funny. Um, now, obviously, you're not doing your research on, <laughs> on Alec Manoa, which is obvious because you're a terrible manager anyways, um, because Alec Manoa hits everybody. Whether or not he's someone hits a home run off of him or not, he, he, he is, hits a lot of guys in the minor leagues. He is new to professional baseball in all, right? Like, mm-hmm. Throughout all ranks. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has been fast-tracked to the majors and he's you know he's also fast-tracked in the same sense that you know like tatis was fast-tracked to get that like you kind of want to see what's there yeah and even even vlad right like vlad got a real big opportunity after one incredible year in triple a yeah so i think that it's Um, yeah but as a pitcher there's more stress to it you're sure you just gave up back-to-back home runs 
Yeah, um, and you're a guy that struggles with control at times to he, begin with. He has one incredibly confident pitch and a and three that he's working on. Right. But yeah. he's gonna have to throw three and he's gonna lose confidence in his one. Sure. And that's that's what you're gonna Absolutely. have to do. Absolutely. Now, could he have thrown at him intentionally? Absolutely. Do I think he did it intentionally? Probably. <laughs> Are you gonna get that mad about a guy hitting you in the ribs? After two home runs, like on as a rookie, that you have to start yipping the guy. I just I don't really understand that. And I think Michael Franco knew he didn't mean to because he told the bench to go back. Like he didn't want anything. He didn't want anything to start there. And now, if you look at when Manoa did, yes, it's confrontational. But if you look at Manoa every inning, he's confrontational just being on the mound. Like he stares guys down. He's rubbing up the ball while he's looking in at you. He does that type of stuff. So it's not that out of character. than him backing down. absolutely i, I love alec manoa i think yeah. he's great he's fiery he's a blast on the mound i just love to see the way he plays the game it's fantastic mm-hmm. but it's going to lead to things like that and i think michael franco knew that because he he started saying something but he kind of realized like this is what this kid does it's no different than the last at bat i had against him he stared at me then too it's no different um i think it was bullshit that you booted him unless he said something ridiculous in that in that scrum uh, but if you're just ejecting him because you think he threw at him intentionally, that's a joke. You need to do some research. But that's just my thing. It was we it was a weird situation to the, to the umpires now, which is it, it's becoming. The a, umpires a are so bad. Game. It's, it's such a, a bad year for umpires. I just mm-hmm. every game there's something that I'm like, we don't need you people. Like there's robots that do the same job as you, except they do it right. I, I tweeted out. I'm like, it's not. I get that it's hard to be a really good umpire because call these calls are tough. They're split seconds decisions that like you're gonna make the wrong call every now and then. But it's really hard to be an extremely bad umpire. And there's a lot of guys that go for that side of the spectrum as opposed to being just like an average umpire. Like you just blow such dead easy calls, and then you do the replay thing. Replay is the dumbest system ever. In I mean, they have been umpires for an incredibly long time. A lot of them. sure. So and they're just falling apart now. They're just mm-hmm. old. Um, the replay system, the biggest joke in baseball, I like, I agreed with it when they brought it in and I still agree with the premise of the replay. Like, I think you should be getting calls, right? But I think you should be getting calls, right? Is the point there. It's not like, let's look back and see if we can change our mind on what the umpire called. It's no, let's look at the play and see what we think it is and then make the call. Not, oh, we have to confirm what this idiot on the field said, because there was a play against the Yankees where Vlad slid back in the third bonehead play. I, I, I hate to say it, but bonehead play. Ends up sliding back in the third. He's safe. He's very clearly safe. But because the call on the field was out, there's quote unquote not enough evidence to overturn that, which is a load of horseshit. Because it's very clear if you're watching it that, yeah, he's safe, but it's still close. So you're kind of like, oh, we'll lean towards the umpire. That's stupid. That just defeats the whole purpose of having a replay system. I hate it. It just makes no sense. And then the next play. Lourdes swings and completely misses a ball. It tips off of the worst catcher in baseball and it goes to the backstop and everyone thinks he fouled it off because you should catch that because it's a center cut fastball, but because it's Gary Sanchez, it goes to the backstop. Uh, Teoscar scores the tying run, but it doesn't count and you can't replay that. So why do we have replay? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It's a stupid system. It doesn't, it shouldn't exist anymore. I just either do it right or don't do it at all. They, they have a bit of replay, but they definitely struggle with, the old school mentality of the game. They struggle yeah. to to put that. It's an old boys away. club. The whole umpire system is an old boys. They club. They really do struggle like, to put that away, and it, yeah. and it comes up at times like these. And you, you need know. like one very impartial, neutral guy that has never been an umpire, like never been a professional umpire, never been a brother of these guys, and just sit in that room and just mm-hmm. make the call. Just sit there and be like, "Oh, replay here, boom, watch the thing." Yeah, that's this call. If you I don't watch, care what the ump called the it. Euro, this call. The Euro right now, they do that. Yeah, there's a miscall. What it should be? They'll, they'll it's what it should be. Ref, and he'll kind of stop for a minute, and he gets something in his ear, and then he makes the call. Yeah, that's what it should be because it's it's getting ridiculous now. Uh, did you see Joey Votto? Speaking of umpires, did you see Joey Votto? Yeah. So Joey Votto, a player, got, a manager, and a fan. Incredible human being. Just great man. Good Canadian kid. Um, got booted in his game the other day. For arguing a call that apparently was egregious. I didn't see it, but I heard it was a terrible call. Unless you're a Padres fan, they were all like, oh, it was the right call. Like, Padres fans are the worst. Padres are great. Padres fans are the worst. Um, so, yeah, argues the call, gets kicked out, continues to just yell and scream and just tear a strip off the ump. The ump 
handled it terribly, just like turned around and acted like he was king shit at Third Island. Not pretty. So Joey Votto gets kicked out. Meanwhile, there's a fan in the stands, a young girl. I think her name was Ava or something like that. But uh, she's Joey Votto's biggest fan. She loves Joey Votto. She traveled all the way there to watch Joey Votto play this game. And the guy gets kicked out in the top of the first inning. Just heartbreaking if you're that kid. She was like five or six or something like that. Just heartbreaking stuff, right? So Joey Votto catches wind of this and he signs the ball up and says, sorry, I wasn't able to play the whole game. Signs it. Joey Votto gets it to the kid. And then he helps the, the Reds help him set up so that they get this kid tickets to the next game, like literally right there so that she can meet Joey Votto and come watch the game and see him play the entire game. And just like full class move from Joey Votto and just everything he did just for this young girl, just no reason to, but like the fact that he caught wind of it and did what he did was just, it was fantastic. And it's just classy move from a good guy. That's all. He's a good Canadian kid. Good Canadian kid. Even though he's willing to argue with the refs. Yeah. It's it's very, very, uh, very hockey-esque of him just to like, yeah pull that but yeah i'm gonna chirp i'm gonna get kicked out yeah i'm gonna think about the fans yeah he, he's interacting great with all fans, such so. a great guy kind I'm, of a dickhead I'm but great guy he's not you know I, wanting to go different i would love to see him come here for a year he won't but i love yeah. i'd love to see it even we just like on the him. back end of his career just we as like a, a bat like a, a bench bat you don't need him you have no re- but he could be better than rowdy Telez. i would love to see him come and be our next rowdy you would Telez. never make that so trade great. though no 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 but i would love to see it just it just makes sense he's a etobicoke kid like it makes sense um yeah i think that's it in a baseball i don't remember any other news this week do you Nothing big. Nothing like too exciting. Maybe no. I just haven't really been paying attention to baseball since oh. hockey's kind of got this next round. Man, Montreal's See, been. It's just, funny because I've been the complete opposite. I haven't paid any attention to hockey, and I just don't remember anything like baseball. Montreal is such a weird series, man. Like, why is it working? They're like they're such a bad roster. I don't understand it. Two of the worst rosters in the playoffs are currently not, still in the playoffs. They're not bad. They're just like they're built. Like, that, like shit. They're built like not, shit. Not exciting. For no. sure. That's what I mean. Two of the worst roster makeups in this entire playoffs are still currently remaining in the playoffs because they're mm-hmm. just they play the most boring style of hockey. Both teams. I mean, the Islanders and the Haps, in case anyone wasn't catching mm-hmm. on to this. Um, I know it doesn't mean much coming from me because I'm a Leaf fan. So it just sounds like I'm bitter. But like realistically, that's fine. Though. I like I am bitter, but this it's not. I'm bitter because they're there, not because of who they are as teams. As teams, they're boring as shit. And if you're not an Islanders or Canadians fans, you're you're gonna agree with me. But if you are, I'm the worst human being on the planet. Um, they're just not fun to watch because yeah, like all the old hockey hardos that are like, oh, they play system hockey. You'll love to see defense and game. No, you don't. That's stupid. Why do I want to watch guys just poke check for? 60 minutes and score one goal that's not fun like i played hockey i love hockey i I understand the ins and outs of defense and that but it's not fun to watch and i I think if you're trying to grow a game having the montreal canadians and the new york islanders play for the stanley cup final is the worst possible thing you can have for the game yeah like it is. Not that, not like that there's anything wrong with the teams, though, and absolutely. Be, but in terms of growing like, the game, it's the worst. But then it becomes like how many games are going to go to two one? How many games are going to be overtime yep. games? Right? Like that's all of them. The thing is that all of them are going to triple overtime for a one nothing win. I'm telling there's you, there's still some exciting players within each series. And there is still some names that draw in. And you're right. Like I think having even any Canadian team right mm-hmm. now, if Montreal makes it. The mm-hmm. NHL has completely lost their season because they don't get the same fans right now. No, they are hoping right. Vegas goes through. And Even in hoping, the building, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like they're hoping Vegas goes through, and they're hoping either the Islanders or Tampa Bay because there's still going to be fans there. I think, yeah, I think they prefer Tampa. For me, for sure. The thing, the thing is, Tampa, again, though, brings Tampa's eyes again, unreal, right? unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the thing there is just like. Obviously, hockey fans are going to look at that series and be entertained by it because it's hockey and they love it. They're already there. To me, if you're trying to bring in new fans and like you're actually trying to grow to the sport to be a league that competes with the NBA and the NFL and at times the MLB that you can't like having those two in is so detrimental because like someone new tunes into the biggest series of the year for the NHL and you're watching the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Islanders both stand in their own end and just keep dumping it back and forth until one of them gets a break and scores. It's just not fun. 
And it's not really like the spirit of what makes hockey exciting. Like hockey is a great sport and it's really cool to see some systems and do all that and play defense. But like the thing that makes hockey exciting is the speed and the intensity and the goals and stuff like that. Not the let's trap everything up and not let anyone get shots on that. They're both pretty good at the the counterattack though and i feel mm-hmm. that that's maybe going to lead to you know one but they're also after the other after like i know it's it's definitely a little boring but they're also both good at limiting the counterattack i think even the hits that we're gonna sure. see sure maybe like it's just it's gonna be pretty it just, I, I think I, it's gonna be a pretty intense series either way right like these teams are good if you watch the, it's gonna be a good know, hockey series i i don't disagree yeah. with it. it's gonna be a good hockey series but in terms of growing the game and being an exciting series it's not it it's just it, it'll be a good series for fans of the both teams to watch and just a miserable time for Leaf fans, obviously. Um, but like, I don't see that as being something you want if you're the NHL, if you're trying to grow this league into something, because like hockey is arguably the coolest sport of all the major sports. And like, I, I'm a big baseball fan, but in terms of just sports in general, hockey is one of the coolest things ever played because it's just so, it's so wild to see what these guys can do on skates. And it's just incredible. But in terms of the four leagues, it's the worst league by far. It's not close. They're, they cannot compete with any of these other leagues, and it's because they just do not have the growth that every other league has had so far. A lot of that is, has to do with the cost of the game and stuff like that, and you can't really play it if you're a low-income human being. And it's I, also, I get it. It is a winter sport, right? Like and it's, a, lot, yeah. a lot of people don't go through, no. through the same seasons that we do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you don't get that anywhere down south, but they just they don't help themselves very much. And I don't think this is going to help them very much either. But yeah, in this Hab series, there's a lot of yelling and screaming about referees. Now, I've seen a lot of people like, oh, the Habs are getting screwed. No, they're not. What, both uh, teams are what, getting screwed. What referees? They're, they're both. They're gone. They're, they're there's referees. no refs. Don't don't talk to me like, oh, they're, they're rigging it for the, the Knights. No, they're just bad. They're making bad calls both ways. They're not making any calls both ways. And like people, I've seen people bring up the video of uh, Nick Suzuki getting punched in the face. And all you show is that part where McNabb just bobs him. But like, wants to see this. Everybody is waiting for this. This is what Suzuki said about a penalty there, too. Well, this is what hockey is, though. Right. This is absolutely is. And and absolutely that. For some reason, they've just decided that in the playoffs, there's no such thing as penalties anymore. And this is not a new thing. It's just because the Habs fans are very loud and there's a lot of them. And all of a sudden it's becoming an issue. The one on Corey Perry was kind of scary. Like it's 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 incidental in a sense that he's not like aiming and and slashing at it, but it's still technically it should have been called or something. Right. Um, there was a brutal uh, hit from Joel Edmondson behind the net. I forget who it was on, but just like full cross check to the back, like two feet from the boards. Guy went headfirst in the boards. That's got to be called and didn't. There's just numerous examples from both teams that just do not get called for whatever reason, because we've just accepted that the, the playoffs are different and we need to not call penalties in the playoffs to make it different. Less, more boring, but different, I guess. Like we don't want power plays Struggle and goals. We want part of that. Just it just doesn't make sense. Different. Like, well, I it, is it di- like it's the same game, but you're just making it different so that you can say it's different because it's just we let teams like the Islanders and Canadians be good because they can do whatever the hell they want, and even and the Knights. Honestly, too, we've kind of learned in today's society that violence is really going to draw the eyes, right? We've seen the yeah, celebrity. Fights I guess that's the thought off. process. We've seen UFC completely take off from the yeah. moment it started. We saw, like, you know, boxing not as much because it's not as violent. Like, it's a protected mm-hmm. violence. But now mm-hmm. the celebrity fights are like, oh, you know what? If he actually knocks him out, then that's yeah, that's cool. Cool. Right? Now you're kind of seeing the opposite in the NHL where violence is starting to take a tick down because fighting is starting to become less and less. So like you're seeing the numbers go down. So I see what you mean. It's it's a lot, it's a lot different Mm -hmm. though. Like the, the violence that they're allowed to get away with in the NHL. It's a lot softer. (laughs) Yeah. But I meant like not in the sense that they're fighting each other anymore, but they're kind of, they're grabbing at each other. They're, they're ragdolling each other around and every once in a while you'll get one to pop. No, it's definitely not as fun. It's really annoying as a player too. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating as a fan of the own, of like the team that it happens to too. Like it's happening both ways, but you don't notice it when your own team does it. It's only when it happens to you, you're like, "Oh, right. this is bullshit." Yeah, and like I get it. I would be frustrated if I'm a Canadians fan. I'd be frustrated if I'm a Knights fan right now. Like the refs are just non-existent. And I don't know what to tell you. This is what the playoffs have been lately. Is just they don't make calls. 
I don't agree with it. I think it's the most bullshit thing in all of sports, but they don't buy it. They have this whole thing. The game is the game is so fast. Yeah. Like let it be. They are missing. They are missing things for Mm -hmm. sure. But that's because we don't have the, the ability yet to come in and say, oh, we want to we want to review that and, and yeah. actually put a penalty in place for that. Right. If yeah. We said that the people upstairs watching the people who realistically have the best view mm-hmm. could make calls, then it'd be a very different be story. Different. It'd be different. You wouldn't um, get this, any of this cheap shit. Right. Yeah. I figured what I was going to say. Something That's about good. speed. I don't know. Just doesn't speed make kills. a lot of sense. Just kidding. It's a weird thing. It's, it's a weird thing to just let teams go and just mm-hmm. do whatever they want. And, I, I get why you're complaining from either fan base, but don't act like one team is being favored. It's not a thing. I've seen lots of Habs fans coming out and being like, oh, the league's against us because it, there's this one guy who's pretty big on TikTok. He's just like, oh, it's a conspiracy theory against the Canadians because they don't have as many fans in the uh, stands. So they're saying that the Golden Knights are they're trying to help the Golden Knights win. I get the conspiracy. I thought of it for a second. But like they're missing calls both ways. It's It's got nothing to do with that. The team shouldn't even be there. If If you just let both teams go, the Golden Knights probably win. You know what's not a conspiracy, though, man? The, the, the saves that these goalies are making. And Holy the, shit, The dude. games that are being played. Like, those aren't conspiracies if you're winning in overtime or winning. Can we talk like, about the gigantic, gigantic Cajones move? Gigantic Cajones move. Gigantic Cajones move on Pete DeVore. Gigantic Cajones. Gigantic Cajones. The Cajones on Pete DeVore. In order to decide, you know what? We're not going to go with the second best goalie in hockey this year. We're going to go to a guy that's played once in 41 days. And they get the win. Incredible. Cajones. Just crazy. Incredible. Unbelievable. You, yeah, he was hot. Like, there was some he was saves, man. Where he was he so just, good. There's times as well where you're like, what? Like, why are you so far out of the net? The goal you know, was kind of like, <laughs> For me, there's like, why are you... Why are you eight feet looking? Because one time he was yeah. backwards when uh, I forget who it was in front of the net had the puck and they just missed the net and he's kind of facing the wrong way. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But he got the job done. He only let in one. He was fantastic. And shout out to Pete DeBoer for just putting it all out there and saying, hey, let's try it just, with uh, down two one. Not even like you're down too big. You, you got him for a reason. Yep, absolutely. Right? You, you pay you him for him. a reason. Yeah, he's there for a reason. I think that that. If you look at this this Seattle Kraken draft coming up now, and you can kind of say Robin Leonard got us a bit of the way, then then Mark Andre Fleury again becomes expendable. I forgot about something because we've had this conversation before, and I brought up that same point. The Vegas Golden Knights aren't a part of the expansion draft. Oh, this is right. Okay, mm-hmm. but now if you how go to garbage trade, is that? <laughs> here's the thing, though: is, is trades exist, right? And that's the thing sure. that Seattle yeah. Kraken will be. Now, if you can go to them and kind of sneak in a, okay, Marc-Andre Fleury is available, yeah, go maybe. and get these players for us. Sure, because they need they need cap help too, right? Yeah. So it makes sense. But how garbage is that? You have two stud goalies, and they're probably, they could have a very good shot of playing in the Stanley Cup final, and they don't have to give up anyone in the expansion draft. Just trash. How do you think Vegas is <sighs> doing what they were doing? The That's team. amazing. I love I it. That team. I love it. I hate that team though. Like they just get, they're getting things handed to them despite the fact that they've been so successful in their entire franchise history of five years. It's just <laughs> terrible. It's garbage. Um, New York and Tampa has been a series. I haven't watched any of it. Not one game, not like not even five <clears throat> minutes of it. Really? Yeah. I heard it hasn't been very exciting because that's just the just Islanders frustrated because of it. Cause of the Islanders. And that's just what mm. they do. Is it two, two now? They go mm. tonight, right? Believe so, yeah, it's true too, yeah. Um, I don't have enough knowledge to speak on it. Okay. I don't know if you wanted to say anything about it, but it's to speak it on the series. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a playoff series. It's exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's <laughs> the Bay Islanders looks, stifling the the lightning, and that's Tampa Bay what just it is. looks looks really fr- frustrated, and it shows in some games, and other times they're able to get through it by just you know firing away. And I think if we've learned one thing in this playoffs, it's that it's very evident that if you have the right goaltender, you can win the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. The Montreal Canadiens are currently two wins away from making it to the Stanley Cup final. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, despite the fact that their team has been shaky as they've ever been, are still probably on their way to the Stanley Cup final because they have the best goalie on the planet. And the other two teams with goalies aren't too bad themselves. So... You want to build a Stanley Cup winning team? Go get yourself a Vesna candidate. This is also what I'm like saying. I don't know. It's a weird year as well. Like for me, 
looking even at the Islanders, like they just have some some players who are not afraid. Shouldn't be good. Shouldn't be no, good, but they're out there getting good. her done. But they just go out there and they just prove you wrong every single time. And and that's the thing, right? You make it to the playoffs and nuts. and you're not like they're not as tired this year. Right. No. They're not as no. as beat up and and that's kind of what's it, it's coming down to is is health. <laughs> right. And and which team's gonna It's just, the last man standing at this point, realistically. Yeah. Which team is gonna just outbeat the other one? <laughs> I guess we're gonna find out. out. They're beating uh... each other up, man. You go in front of the net, you go behind the net. Crazy. You go. You you look at the net. You think about the net. You you are just sniffing the net from a distance. You're getting hit. About the net. You're getting hit. If the, the net, net crosses your mind, a fist is coming through it right You're with done. it. It's just yeah. It's just been an interesting one. Um, I maybe I'll watch tonight's game. There's nothing else on. It's worth it. Um, can we talk about basketball for like 35 seconds? I would love to because okay. I have been so like. <laughs> Up down. I think that has been the most exciting. I haven't playoffs. watched games, but I've followed along on scores and stuff. So I, I my insight might be a little little small. I would just like to point out Ben Simmons isn't a good basketball player. <laughs> ben Simmons is not a good point guard. No, he'd be a great like power forward, maybe small forward, but like the guy can't shoot. He didn't take a single shot in the fourth quarter of that elimination game. Do you know that? Not one. That's tough from somebody who is looked at as your number two. You he's know? your number two guy, and he's a point guard. Like if your number two guy's a point guard, you no. expect him to contribute something. They, they moved him. They that's why they signed Curry. Right. Like they wanted Curry to play there, and they they let Curry just fire away, and Curry looked unreal for sure. Mm. Yeah. However, that looks really bad. It's not good. It's not from a good look, especially <laughs> down four with a minute left, and he's on the bench for the entire final minute of the game because he cannot shoot the ball. Like, that's just... I, I'm sure Ben Simmons might be a good guy. Don't know. I, I got nothing wrong with Ben Simmons, the person. But as a basketball player, like, he is just not it. I, like, if you're trying to win a championship... He, he, he is, but they need to then do more. Like He's, he's got to be a supporting learn, piece. You can't be your go-to gonna guy. Have to, he's going to have to learn that power forward position. Yeah. That's the issue. Yeah. That he's really going to He's huge. He can do yeah. it. I just... He just but can't. He's, he's really either got to learn how to that, shoot yeah. the ball, which <laughs> good luck, or he's got to transition into a different position where he can just accept being the supporting piece that just plays in the paint and dishes. He the kind ball. of he kind of always secretly has accepted that. Yeah, but the, he just they they can't accept it in Philadelphia that he's not meant to play that point guard spot. Right, and it's just it's killing them as a franchise. Um, I wouldn't be surprised just, if if he's been traded. Out. I, man. At, as what he is right now and what you're going to pay him or already paid him, he's not worth it. He, he's not He's not good enough to be a, a playoff performer that takes you. I think they've shown it. They've had this core for years, and they've gone nowhere because your second best player can't shoot the ball. It's just name me one point guard that's won a championship lately that can't shoot the ball. None. No. That's what I mean. I just because if you think back to Game Six with the Raptors, Kyle Lowry's lights out for the first mm-hmm. eleven points. Mm-hmm. So now Kyle Lowry's not a shooter per se, but he can shoot the ball. Kyle Lowry is a clutch he, he can come through and shoot the ball if he has to. He's a he's a clutch shooter as well. Yeah, like he's, yeah, he's exactly. He's actually shots. he's got the highest clutch shooting percentage in the right. last like five years. He, in the playoffs, he steps so up. And is another thing about him is he's a great defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he he plays both ways, but he can shoot. Is the one thing mm-hmm. that Ben Simmons doesn't do. Um, and then you look across at like other point guards in the thing right now, like the Suns are buzzing and they've had CP three. Who's just he, un, unbelievable. Any part with the ball. I'm I'm really sad to see Kawhi go in that series, like yeah. not be able to come back. Cause I think that would have been even more, <clears throat> even more exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think it's still a fair uh, round it's, because you're both missing your best player, arguably. Like Devin Booker could you could argue is the best player on the Devin Suns, Booker, but, but dude, I think Devin like, Booker is actually like CP3 is like the, the heart and soul player. of that team. Whereas like Devin Booker's great and he, he's probably the best player on the team, but like without CP3, that team's a whole lot different. Same with Kawhi and the other end. Kawhi is the best even, player on the Clippers, not not I think even close. Even without without Devin Booker as well. Yeah, I know for sure. Like he's yeah. So it's kind of it's yeah. an interesting it's an interesting matchup. It's it's basically uh, CP or not CP three uh, Devin Booker versus PG three PG thirteen on the other side. There's still some some names that compete in that series mm-hmm. as well that are just interesting. It should be right? good. 
if they both don't come back, it still should be a good series, realistically. I I feel like Phoenix is is still Beauty's the underdog, even though they come in as the higher seed. Mm -hmm. And they come in as a just sweeping, Mm -hmm. the sweep in Denver. That's crazy. Uh, The other side of things, I'm shocked that the Hawks are still alive, for starters. Trey Young's just going off. It's good for him. One thing they did really well, too, was getting this, like, the, their forwards are this European style of forward that can just mm. shoot mm-hmm. and they're not afraid to shoot it. And that was the no. one thing like we were saying, like Ben Simmons couldn't shoot. It was Hurt Herderer? Hurt, I don't actually know. Like I pronounced his name. Herderer? Um, that the guy that just went off Umer. in the last game for yeah, 20, 20 or something. I don't even know what it is. He went like, like 27 points or something like that to just help them carry through the team. Like unbelievable. Good. Like just crazy stuff from the team that probably doesn't deserve to be there right now. Like at this point of the, the playoffs and they're going up against one of the, I would say the most inconsistent playoff teams you've seen in recent memory in the box. And just it's a wild, it's a wild matchup on that side because you never know what Bucks team is going to show up. You never, (laughs) they're not built all that great in my mind. They're, they're good. They're not, they're not phenomenal. The one thing, but they took down the best team in the, in the NBA, arguably the one thing for me is like Giannis just keeps getting out clutched, you know, like yeah. when it comes to a shot. Always every playoff else is, is, seems is shooting that that clutch shot more yeah. than he is, right? Yeah. And that's where Trey Young can step up and do it, and even other players from there. Yep. Should be fun. Um yeah. I haven't like I'm not sitting down to watch the games all the time, just mostly because they're at the same time the Jays game, and I'm much more interested in that this year. Um, but like just following along with what's going on, it's been really cool. It's good, it should be a fun semifinal for sure. Uh, I think the matchups are just really good. I think that Hawks and Bucks matchup is going to be really fun. I think the Suns and Clippers is already pretty fun. Um, do we know if Kawhi is going to come back at any point? Or is he done? Done? I think it was an ACL. Oh, like really? He, yeah, he strained it, so it would be pretty. pretty it's going to take a miracle, basically. Yeah, I think it yeah. would just be risky to try to do anything. And then, like you could see, see if CP3 comes back and Kawhi doesn't, it's going to be a bit of a wash. But as of right now, but I think that's you know what though? Be fun. People said that about the Jazz. Like the Jazz were the sure. first. Sorry, the highest rated team coming in, and mm-hmm. they had some real, real good players. And once again, like Kawhi goes down, and that, that team got better somehow. Yeah, it's crazy. Incredible. It's crazy. Should be fun. Uh, that's it. I think I got nothing else. Sports is just kind of they're slowing down, slowing you know, down John, a bit. John Rom won the uh, U.S. John, Open. we need to talk about John Rom. Ridiculous. Oh my god! I I left to go golfing myself that day, and we just we weren't really paying attention to the open. And uh, so, someone texted my brother and was like, "Dude, John Rom's going off right now." And like, John Rom came into the day. I didn't expect John Rom to do too much because it's like I don't know. He's far enough back that there's so many guys ahead of him that it was just kind of like, well, he's in the distance. Mackenzie Hughes, good Canadian kid, fell off the map. And had a tough day yesterday. That kind of sucked. But John Rom hit every shot he could possibly hit, and just holy shit good for john rom that guy deserved every second of that win for what Dude, happened he, to him two weeks ago yeah like the fact that he had a six stroke lead that first time and just had to give that up, like that's give so that up brutal Sunday. he brutal. i feel like he used that as nothing but motivation and just plugged yeah. away and that putt like when you look back at moments that like are your winning moments mm-hmm. you can look at that putt and that was definitely it, right? To to watch it go in and just to put him mm-hmm. up at six, and mm-hmm. and you kind of had this feeling like it was going to be maybe a like you'd have to go to a playoff, yeah. But you kind of knew the way that everybody else was going, like they were falling and and not falling with any style. They were just they were dropping off like left, <laughs> right, and center, right. Even Bryson, Bryson was had no reason to be that bad, and yet for some reason Louis? he could not figure. Yeah, it that out. guy just dog shit. Louis Ustazen. Literally just needed to go minus one for the day. That was <laughs> good. Pull it off. I know. So tough. Um, John Rahm is probably in my top three favorite golfers on the tour right now, just because he shows up some days and he'll shoot a plus four. And the next day he'll just go eight under and just be absolutely electric. It's just some of the things that one shot he took in the practice round at Augusta. <laughs> Where he chipped yeah. it across the lake for a hole in oh, one. I'm yeah. like, this guy's a do, right? wizard. That's a, that's a normal warm up for that. He's a wizard. Just yeah, crazy. He, Unbelievable what he does. He has been one of golf's like hottest hitters right now. Right. He's so cool. I just, really I, weird yeah. looking man. Like his head's kind of shaped, kind of funny looking, but just incredible and so much energy for a golfer too. And just great. Him hitting that putt 
in front of the crowd and just like blowing up like he oh he looked at them like what's up you know like like, he fired up the entire world with that shot that's a golfer that's crazy that's the kind of guys you need in golf i don't want any Mm -hmm. more bryson DeChambeau's. i want more john rom and brooks kepka's that's it legitimate golfers right athletes i would i wouldn't hesitate to say athletes that actually can handle the pressure and don't mind people whispering in their fucking backswing. Ricky right. Fowler is another one. Ricky Fowler loves it too. I wish Great. Ricky those Fowler type of guys. Yeah, I wish he was just a better golfer. Yeah. but he's so cool. Like, just that's the type of guys you need in the sport. <laughs> I'm I'm done with Bryson DeChambeau winning tournaments. I hope he never wins again because that guy's just boring as shit. I was kind of worried because I think I said something on uh, what was it on Friday? Yeah, about him. I was like, can we just be done with him? And then all of a sudden, I yeah, he started on Sunday back. And he was just like, he was dynamite like yeah. that bogey free round on the, the Saturday. I'm like, Oh yeah. Jesus. But yeah, no, I w I wouldn't be disappointed if he never won another round or another tournament. Sorry. It's, it's tough because I think you're starting to see a lot younger talent come up and a lot mm-hmm. younger talent figure out how to be relevant in yeah. this, in this league. Right. I want more, f- let make golf fun. And I can't even say again because make golf fun for the first time because it's just been such a boring, like suited up sport for so long. Just I can't even think of the word where it's all like, you know what I mean? I, I don't want that anymore. I think golf should be the way John Rahm plays it and only the way John Rahm plays it. Just fun. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time out there. Maybe you have a plus three in the tournament. So what? Go out there, drop them six under in the last day and win the fucking thing. So great. I love that guy. I think that's it from us now. Um, we we branched listening. out enough, I think. I think that was yeah. Good... We talked about whole new segments in this one. That's crazy. Golf. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're changing things up. Thank you for listening. As always, you can follow us at the BMB Pod underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I might change that name. It's a mouthful. And so? at the that's the underscore is kind of a pain in the ass. How do you? How do you? I don't even know how you go about changing it, but yeah, it, it, you got it. I'll show you. But uh, and then at the BNB podcast on TikTok, you can also check out our merch, which Brandon's currently wearing. I don't think I have that on the store, but they're going to be out there. You if you actually good. enjoy our podcast and you want to support us, a little always bit. the first. Oh, what I can find. It's great. It's yeah, it's like the eight ball. It's just always there. Yeah, you never you never lose that bad boy. Oh. It's staying with you till the end of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have those up at some point. I don't think I currently have them. Store, but you can find that stuff. You can find more merch and a lot of content over at the Uh As always, all of that's going to be linked in the description below. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Uh, we will catch you. What day is today? Monday. We'll catch you at the end of the week. Cheers. <laughs>